And we're live. Hello, this is Lucas C. Dodds, and welcome to this episode of Angular Air. This is episode 23, where we are going to be talking with Kent C. Dodds, my fraternal twin, about formally. So let's introduce the guest. Uh, we have Kent C. Dodds. And, Hello. Uh, Jeff Welpley, my other partner in crime, and Patrick J.S., my favorite dirty, dirty hipster. Thanks for joining <laughs> us, guys. And uh, let's get some announcements just out of the way. And so, first and foremost, tune in to the next show, Angular and Module Loading, with Guy Bedford. He created uh, JSPM, and that'll be on July 21st. Super excited about that. Also, uh, follow us on Twitter and Google Plus at Angular Air. And if you have any questions, feel free to ask on Twitter using hashtag NGAirQuestions. So before we get started, let's see if we have any questions. Q&A. Nope, no questions so far. So with that said, let us move along. So... Kent, inquiring minds want to know, what is Angular Formly and what does it do? So Angular Formly, uh, put simply, is um, a simple abstract, well, the complex ab abstraction uh, on top of Angular Forms to make Angular Forms more simple. Uh, so uh, it's a, a little bit more of a, an imperative API um, where Angular forms uh, by default are more declarative in your templates. Um, Angular formally uh, accepts a field configuration or an array of field configuration objects. And then uh, you pass those into the formally form directive um, and that will like spit out your, your form for you. Um, and you also pass in the model that you want that form bound to and it will do all of the magic of ng model binding um, so that your formally form represents the state of the model um, and it is represented by the configuration that you give it. So there's sort of uh, people that like the imperative way of doing things and people that like the declarative way of doing things. What's your kind of uh, personal opinion on that discussion and kind of how do you suit, and you mentioned a little bit about how formally um, suits that, but like what, what's your kind of personal thoughts around that sort of uh, thought process? Yeah, so um, I, I'll be totally honest uh, in saying that I, I think I'm still trying to figure out what imperative and declarative really actually mean. But um, basically what I've found is that uh, the, uh, the template is it just gets way too verbose and you repeat yourself way too much um, when you're trying to do forms with Angular. So um, you can have your input and that has an ng model and that's great, but then you need to have a class on it um, so that you can style it properly and then you need to have a label for it. And if you want to have a label and you want it to be accessible, then you need an ID and a for um, uh, for that label to be, um, to be associated with that, uh, that input. And then um, you need to worry about validation, and so you, you have your ng messages for that, and then you need to worry about uh, a whole myriad of other things. Uh, it, it, and it just gets really hairy, and there are just so many things that you um, really, um, like, you don't want to have to repeat yourself over and over uh, for everything. And so what 
What Angular formally promises is the ability to keep your, uh, your forms dry, um, and that allows uh, or makes it a lot easier to first um, make it easier to maintain your forms uh, because you have really just one or two places where like, all, all labels uh, or label-associated things go. And so um, it, everything looks um, the same because it's using uh, the exact same code. Um, and you don't have to create an entire directive just uh, to make uh, a label for your field. You, you can do that, and you can use that with Formly, but uh, um, the, the difference is, like, without Formly, you have to put that directive next to every single one of your inputs, um, and, like, it's, it's just a, a lot of extra work, um, whereas with Angular Formly, it's um, a lot more terse, uh, and it, your, your form is basically just represented as a JSON object or, or a JavaScript, JavaScript object. You can also have uh, functions in there. So, um, yeah, and that's, like, maybe another bit of a subject. But, yeah, like, I think that Angular 2 is going the right direction in that they allow you to both use an imperative and a declarative approach um, where it makes sense. Because I think there are some places in my app that I don't use Angular formally because it, it doesn't make sense. It's a very small form. Um, or, uh, like, it's a single field or something like that. It really doesn't make sense to have an entire Angular form and form um, in there. But uh, with Angular 2, being able to allow you to have both imperative and declarative, I think, um, will hopefully render uh, Angular formally not necessary. Um, that's kind of my hope, is that with Angular 2, um, I'll be able to make an Angular 2 uh, version of formally and then um, help people migrate away from, um, from Angular formally onto regular Angular 2 uh, with the, like, all the benefits of having the imperative approach for your forms uh, that allows you to keep your stuff dry and, and whatever else. So long question to a short, or long answer to a short question. <laughs> so, so you would say that this is more formal way of dealing with forms? More formal way of dealing with forms. I'm not sure. I, I see what you did there. Ha ha. <laughs> I was way over my head. <laughs> that was a joke. Because <laughs> it's, it's it's formally. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, actually, speaking of that, they both have form. I yeah. I show so I I watch um, formally on Twitter and like uh, in TweetDeck I I have like a search so that I don't miss tweets about um, formally and people misspell the word formally. Like, yep. all the time. And I have to, like, wade through all the misspellings of formally um, so that I see my formally stuff. It's kind of a mess. But anyway. At least, at least like, uh, you get, like, highly targeted, like, SEO juice or whatever towards uh, those uh, key terms. Yeah. And exactly that's it's for you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, like, um, more on what you said, like, uh, it's really hard to figure out the distinction between um, declarative and imperative. Um, with your approach, it, it actually makes a lot of sense because uh, what you did is essentially uh, what you're supposed to do, and that is you use the current abstractions, whatever primitives Angular gives you, but then after you reach a, a certain point, you create a, an abstraction on top of that, and you make it simpler for you to reason about and for you to maintain. Um, and that's essentially what, what Angular formally gives you, is because like, uh, when you're dealing with a lot of forms, um, you need this abstraction, otherwise maintaining it's going to be a huge pain. And um, I didn't realize, like, uh, 
the, the pain you had to go through before this until I start seeing like some of your the code that you started to deal with. Um, like you, I, I think you tweeted out like a, a few questions about how to deal with forms, and then you had an example of where you're using Angular formally, and I was like, holy, holy crap! Like there's so much like going on in this particular web, uh, this particular site. Well, it, I, I it might be it might be good just for some of the stuff you're talking about, Patrick. If Ken yeah. can kind of go over some like specific examples of like for people who haven't used Angular formally before, where it provides like a lot of benefit. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually I gave it uh, a talk at uh, NGNL last uh, in February uh, about Angular formally, um, and in it I I describe a very common scenario. Uh, so um, let's say that you're you're a web developer, you're using Angular, you're really excited because of this declarative syntax you have in the DOM uh, or in the in your template, and your boss comes to you and says, "Hey, I need to have an input that accepts a first name." Um, and so you say, great, I have my input tag, I have ng-model as the first name, and then I'm done. And then your boss is like, yeah, nobody really knows what that's for. You're going to need a label. So you put a label on it, um, and you're like, okay, great. And then Marcy Sutton comes to you and says, hey, that's not accessible at all. Nobody knows that that label is associated with that input. And so you say, okay, I'll put an ID on that input, and I'll put a, a, a for attribute on the label to uh, associate the two. And she's happy. And then your designer comes and says, hey, I need, uh, like, we're using Bootstrap or whatever. Like, this needs a class so that we can style it so it looks nice. So then you add a class. And then um, somebody else comes to you and says, hey, that's a really cool thing that you have there. Um, I would like to reuse it. So you create a directive. And then you're both using this thing. And this is great. Um, and then somebody comes to you and says, I need it to be required sometimes. So could you add an entry required on there? Yeah, sure. Uh, so now you have a watcher. Uh, like right from there, you have a watcher in place for one person's use case, but you don't need it in your use case. Uh, and and your use case, you never it is never required, so you're just kind of wasting a watcher in that case. But it's abstracted away, and so like it's better to not repeat code uh, than it is to uh, worry about those watchers. So you're fine. But then these things keep on pouring in. Oh, I need it disabled sometimes, or I need it. Um, I I have this. Uh, like max length and min length, all these different validations that you need on it sometimes. And so you start thinking, well, this is starting to get bloated. Maybe I should make a, a MAC address um, directive, and or maybe I'd make an IP address directive um, that is an input that is validated as an IP address so that I don't bloat this one, um, this one case. But it just gets um, to be a real big hairy mess really quickly because you're either writing a bunch of different directives to account for all these cases, or um, you um, are bloating a single uh, directive to make it um, cover more use cases. And so, yeah, it's it's a real pain. And what Angular formally actually does is uh, it analyzes your field configuration and it can tell um, based on your configuration whether something is ever going to change. And so it knows uh, what kind of attributes to use based on your field configuration. And so no, even though the template for an input element may be the same, uh, because the field configuration is different, it will um, add a required attribute. But that doesn't add a watcher. It's just a required attribute, because uh, you told Angular formally, hey, I'm never going to change this. But then if you say, hey, I am going to change this attribute, then Angular formally will add an ng-required attribute. Um, or if you say it's never going to be required ever, it just leaves it off entirely. Uh, so there's a lot of smarts um, in Angular formally to uh, to make this 
Um, so, like, it's it's optimized in that way, um, and, and that applies to also like ng clicks and and on um, uh, ng blur and like uh, a ton of different attributes, and you can add your own and um, and that kind of thing. So, anyway, um, the like the the main use case that this solves is the the problem of loading your directives or making tons of directives so that you, you can cover all the use cases that you need to. And instead, um, you put those uh, those different use cases where they belong as part of the specific field configuration object without um, loading your template for that particular view. Does that make sense? That's kind of long. I like to talk. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I have a question. I think that... In my opinion, one of the strengths of Angular is that you're allowed to do your layout in a declarative context. And so having your layout simply be HTML that you're extending, um, I know we've talked about this uh, before, Kent, uh, but a pretty common scenario that I find myself in is that you have the designer types that will actually come up with the design and then do the layout. And because it's all declarative HTML, it just sits in there. And then, as Angular developers, we're able to just pick that up and then, um, within the controllers, apply our kind of imperative logic that we want to apply to the view. And how does this affect kind of the designer-developer workflow by actually taking out, you know, what traditionally, you know, kind of designer types have done and just lay something out in the HTML, and now you're abstracting that, you know, back out into an imperative context. And so you're kind of breaking that workflow there from, you know, here's your HTML, hook up Angular to, like, this is, we, a form should be here, but we don't know formally, so it's, you have to do it now. Yeah, good question. So uh, I'll, I'll preface that by saying I've never actually worked at a company where the designer um, committed any source code. Uh, so it was, uh, all, all the places that I've been, big or small, uh, the designer would give us a mock and we would build it ourselves. Um, but I would imagine that designers would actually really like Formly, and the reason is um, that uh, with Angular Formly, the, the idea is that it's as dry as possible. So you make your input here, um, and you say, my input looks like this, and it has a label, and it looks like this, um, and that, same, that exact same label applies to these other fields as well. Um, and so the designer can design those pieces as uh, kind of isolated components, and then um, they can say, hey, um, I, like, I'm not going to put the form in here. You can do your crazy JavaScript weirdness, um, but what I want to see here are a bunch of, uh, like, we need fields for these different things, and these are their types. Um, they're actually... Um, two UI builders, and actually I think somebody, there, there are a couple of people who have mentioned that they're making uh, drag-and-drop uh, UI builders using Angular Formly, and so there are two open-source ones. Um, you can find them in the docs, and so I could really easily see a designer coming in and just using something like that and saying, hey, make this, and they just give you the Formly output. Um, for it. Oh, yeah. There was a, I forget the name of the company, but there was a vendor at AngularU that, uh, Patrick, do you remember the name of them that were did forms? I, I'm curious whether they either use Formly or, like, Kent is aware of them. Uh, do you know who I'm talking about, Patrick? I think you're talking about one of the, the sponsors um, for the event. Um, they were talking about something somewhere that, uh, that they had. Um, I kind of forgot the, what it was, though. Yeah, I, I haven't heard of uh, any company... Um, 
that like has built a, a GUI uh, using Angular formally. I know several uh, several people. Well, people who work for companies, so yes, companies, but um, not as part of their product. Um, but uh, there, um, actually, now maybe I'll just mention as part of a segue. I recently found out that Capital One is using Angular formally. I was like, total validation right there. It's pretty cool. That's uh, nice. It, it was a uh, form.io. And are they using Angular then? They are using Angular, but they might. Be, I think they're doing their own thing. Uh, mm -hmm. But obviously, I was curious if you were aware of them. But it sounds like no. you weren't. I wasn't. I'll have to chat with them. <laughs> so you mentioned that Capital One is now using formally. So I mean, I would probably ask for stock options as a result of that. But uh, what is the best and worst parts of just running? A massively popular and awesome, super awesome open source project. Um, so, best parts. Um, I I really love that um, if if it takes me an hour to implement a feature, or even like a, a day, um, I know that that feature is going to help people um, and and save days and days, weeks of time, months of time. Who knows? depending on how many people use it. So that is really, really re rewarding. And, and when I get uh, somebody uh, sends a tweet to me and says, hey, Kent, this is amazing. Thank you so much for building this. This saved me forever. Or um, I was going to build something like this myself. I'm so glad you saved me the time. And I'm, and I'm thinking, yeah, because this took me forever. So I'm glad that it saved you time too. Um, and uh, yeah, so like being able to help people in that way is, is super, super rewarding. Um, and, uh, and it's also nice because we use it here at work very, very heavily, um, and so that's helpful too. Um, and, and then also getting contributions. So a couple, uh, uh, like a month or two ago, I started doing this thing where if I find a bug or a new feature in Angular Formly um, that I feel like is a pretty simple fix, um, I'll write tests that um, reveal the bug or um, will only pass when the feature exists. And then and I'll skip them. So I use Mocha, and so I just say describe.skip. Uh, and then I commit that um, and push it up. And then I'll create, uh, or as part of the issue uh, that's tracking this feature request or this bug, um, I'll say, OK, I've pushed these tests. Here's where they are. Um, and this issue is reserved for uh, first-time contributors. So. Um, I won't accept a pull request from anybody who's contributed to open source before. Um, and so it, uh, um, like, because I've had several pull requests from, uh, from the same people, and I think it's super awesome. I really appreciate these pull requests. Um, but I, I really feel like it's valuable for people uh, to get into open source for the first time, um, because it's just, it's, I mean, it's, it's really not that bad, and it's a lot of fun, but it's kind of hard to know where to start. And so, um, I, I reserve these issues, and then I go and tweet and go to Angular Buddy Slack or wherever, and I say, hey, if, the, if you never contributed to open source before, here's your chance. I'll hold your hand. And in that issue, I, I give a bullet point list, like, these are the things that need to happen. These are where you're going to add code, um, and I'll totally hold your hand. So I, um, I can hit up on Gitter or Slack, um, and like we just chatted back and forth. They say, hey, this is what I'm thinking, and oh, yeah, that's but this, whatever. Um, just kind of hold their hand to, to get their first contribution into open source. So that is super rewar rewarding as well. I've had 
um, I think two or three uh, people who contributed to open source for the first time in the fall night doing that. That's awesome, man. Great. That's incredible. So let's actually go back to, to ground zero. Like, how did you even get started in this project? Like, in what deep, dark part of your soul did formally come from? Um, yeah, I'm glad that you asked that. So if you go to the Angular Formally homepage, angularformally.com, and scroll down to the bottom, you will notice that it says Angular Formally uh, was created by the good folks at Nimbly, specifically Grant Helton, and is actively developed by Kenzie Dodd. So I didn't actually create Angular Formally. It was about a year and a half ago that um, I, was doing, I was moonlighting for a company called Parakeet, um, and we were, it was just a huge crud app. And I don't like repeating myself, um, and I ran into this problem that I described where I had to keep on putting a label here and different things, and, and stuff, something would be broken over here because I was copy-pasting. Like, that's just what you do with HTML. I mean, you've got directives and stuff, so don't get me wrong. Don't, don't just copy-paste your HTML. But anyway, it was just a real pain. And so I, I was like, I wonder if there's a way that I could like, configure my form somehow. And so I, I looked around, and um, I found Angular Formly. Um, yeah, Angular Formly, formally developed by Nimbly. Thanks, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if only our viewers could see what we chat sometimes. <laughs> anyway, so um, I, I found Angular Formly, and, uh, and I was like, this is awesome, this is perfect. Um, and so I, I implemented it, and it was working great. Uh, at the time, it was a lot different from where it is now. Uh, the concepts were still the same. You had a JSON object, you had your model. Um, but there were a lot fewer features. Um, and so one thing that was missing was the ability to conditionally hide something. Um, and so I, I added that pull request and, and got accepted. And then um, it just kind of uh, snowballed from there. I, I started adding more and more uh, to the project. And, and eventually Grant said, hey, our company is not really using this as much anymore. We're happy to like, work on it, but you know, it's not, not really making sense. But obviously, you are very invested in this. Would you be willing to take it over? And I said, yeah, I'd love it. Um, and so that was, like I said, about a year and a half ago. Um, and I've just been working on it and developing it ever since. And so how would you attribute the massive popularity of the Angular, like, formerly project? Like, we were hanging out the other day, walking down the street, and, like, people are, like, coming up wanting your autograph because you're, like, the formerly guy. Like, it was so surreal. <laughs> I mean, like, you're practically, like, you're just a celebrity now. Like, how did, like, how did Formly, like, get so popular, and what are you going to do with all the millions of dollars you've made off this project? <laughs> <laughs> well, if only I had made a million dollars off this project. But, um, yeah, so uh, the popularity, I think, of the project is, um, first off, like, um, People are actually using this project, and so it's it's not just like this project is associated to me, and I'm an egghead developer, and, and I do Angular Air, and so people like it because I made it. I, I really don't think that's what it is. Maybe there's a little bit of that. Um, but uh, I think what it mostly is is that the project actually um, you know speaks to developers' needs. Um, they they're tired of not being able to be dry in their in their forms. They want to be able to persist their forms um, to uh, a database somewhere. I, I get a lot of use cases where people do, are doing that. Uh, and so uh, Formly allows you to not only 
persist a, like a static form to your database, but also make it dynamic, um, even uh, like as it's stored as a string uh, or as a JSON object, um, and and it can have some uh, dynamic even validation things. Um, and so it just it solves a real problem. Um, and then on top of that. Um, I, I guess I'm a bit of a marketer, um, and I, I reached out to JavaScript Weekly and NG Newsletter, and I said, hey, um, there's this thing, and I think you should feature it. And they did, and I got a lot of traffic from that. I'm also an egghead author, and so I made um, a handful of egghead lessons about uh, using Angular formally. Um, the website is chock full of, of examples. I don't even know how many there are here, probably about 50 examples, so it's really easy to get started. Um, and uh, the documentation, I feel, is, is pretty, pretty darn good. So, yeah, I think all of those things kind of combined um, it to making Angular formally just really easy to, to um, accept uh, into your normal workflow. Well, so it sounds like even though you didn't, uh, you weren't the original creator formally, you sort of adopted it as your own. It's like you're a baby now, right? Yeah. Uh, so, like you mentioned earlier, how probably moving forward, you know, with the capabilities of form um, manipulation in Angular 2, that you would work on kind of a, a transition type uh, plan, but then, you know, maybe Angular formally would even go away. But doesn't that, uh, is, is that something hard for you to think about, or do you actually feel relieved that, like, oh, this has a great, been a great project, and then I'll, eventually one day uh, it'll be kind of uh, over somewhat? Or what are your kind of thoughts on that? Yeah, good question. So uh, first I'll say that I, I know I've actually, in the last couple of days, had two, two or three people come to me and say, hey, Angular 2 informally, is it a thing? And uh, I'll, I'll just answer that really quick. It's, it's not a thing yet, um, and it will be. Um, so I have talked with uh, Victor Sopkin, who's from the Angular team working on forms with Angular, and I described to him, hey, this is how Angular formally works. Is this something that can be a thing in Angular 2? And he's like, yeah, that's totally possible. Um, and, and this is kind of what you would do. So um, I know that I'll be able to accomplish the same thing um, and at least get us to a transition where um, people don't have to upgrade all of their forms just to upgrade to Angular 2. And for many apps, forms are a huge component. And so just being able to say, okay, instead of like just taking the exact same form configuration that I was giving formally before, I'll give it uh, to formally 2 and uh, everything still works. That's a huge, huge bonus. Um, so, um, but like I said, that's not a thing yet, and there may be some breaking changes necessary, um, but hopefully minor and a lot easier to migrate if you're using Formly than if you're not. Um, so, so if, I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly, I mean, you're saying that potentially in an ideal world, uh, Formly would still, you know, be there, but maybe just underneath the scenes, you know, any other two would be driving it like with their form capabilities, but you would still have the same kind of APIs, the same feel as what you've kind of built so far. Yeah, and it kind of depends. Like, I, I haven't really built a big form with Angular 2's form API. Um, I expect that it's a lot um, a lot nicer than Angular 1. Um, not to say that Angular 1 isn't great, um, but uh, it, like, it may be that I, I feel like Angular formally... Um, the Angular Formula API is still simpler than Angular 2's API, and if that's the case, then I will likely continue to develop it. Um, but uh, my, my hope is that we don't need it. Um, and so once, once people migrate to Angular 2 and Angular 2 formally, 
then they can um, slowly migrate from Angular 2 formally to just Angular 2. Um, so that I, I'm not totally certain on, on how that will all pan out, but that's kind of uh, that's kind of the hope. And and I w to to say like my sunsetting my baby Angular formally, I'd be totally pleased uh, to to see Angular formally go away and the need to Angular formally to go away. I think that'd be great. Um, the like there, there are so many other like I, I have plenty of libraries that I work on um, other than Angular formally that I, I get a kick out of. Um, so yeah, I'm not worried about not having enough open source work to do if, if Angular formally dies um, or it's not needed. So you keep using a lot of big words, which is just totally awesome when you're talking about this totally awesome project, which I think is great. But let's have some real talk here. Time to see the wizard behind the curtain. Kent, what has been the single biggest challenge you've come across building formally? And enough time is not a valid option or answer. I mean, let's just bare your heart. Just, just lay your soul bare for our, our viewers to know like what the pain and the tribulation of, of building formally? Uh, the well, recently the the hardest or the worst part is performance, um, and lo lots of it has to do with with kind of the way that Angular works, but uh, lots of it has to do with the way Angular formally works. So I'll just describe really quick at a high level um, how Angular formally works. So um, you uh, need to tell Angular formally. What uh, um, what does an input look like? So Angular formally ships with no templates whatsoever. It doesn't know what an input looks like or even what an input is. Um, it just knows how to deal with these different types. And so you say, hey, formally, here's a new type, and it's called. I, I have a name for it. It's called an input, and I have a template for it. It's it looks like this, and I I have all these different options. You can give it a controller even or a link function. Um, so I. In some ways, you, you can think of it as a, a little bit of a directive, uh, but it's not often that you really need to use those things. Um, but anyway, uh, sometimes you do, and, and they're available, and they're really, really handy. But uh, you say, hey, Angular formally, this is what an input looks like. And then off in your controller somewhere else, you say, hey, Angular formally, here's my field configuration. And as part of your field configuration, you say, the type of this field is input. And so then it can associate the template um, that you told uh, Angular formally, an input looks like this. And that field where you're saying, hey, this field is an input. Um, but then there are a bunch of other configuration options that you can add to that. Uh, for example, you can, um, as part of the, the type or the specific field, you can specify wrappers. And so basically, a, a wrapper is um, just a, a string template, an HTML template, that has a formally transclude element in it. And that actually never gets added to the DOM. It's just a, a string find replace. Um, so it basically, it's useful for uh, labels. So you can have a label wrapper, and you apply that to your input type and your date picker type and your uh, select type, all these different, like, whatever types. But you just have that one place where you have that code for label. Um, and, and so wrappers were a, a huge thing. Um, so, so when Angular formally compiles your form, it has to take your uh, initial input type and get that template and it combines it with the wrapper. Um, but then another thing uh, that it does is, um, because it's dynamically adding these required 
or uh, disabled or ng-click or whatever these different uh, attributes to your ng-model, um, it has what's called a template manipulator. So it will, after it wraps uh, your stuff or before, you can uh, kind of fine-tune it that way. But uh, it will run through this template manipulator where you can, based on the field configuration, change uh, the, the string that you're using for the template, and then you just return the result. Um, and so that, that's kind of how the magic uh, works with the, these kind of dynamic attributes like required versus ng-required. It just it knows when uh, to put one or the other, and that happens inside of a template manipulator, and you can add your own as well. Um, and so it has to, so first you give it the, the field type, uh, or, or you specify a field type, and then when you use the formally form directive, you give it a field configuration. You say, this type is input, and formally will look up the template for that type, and then it will wrap it in all of its wrappers, run it through all of the template manipulators, and then compile that and spit it out to the DOM. Uh, so that's at a high level how formally works. Um, the so some of the problems associated with that is um, I'm using Webpack, and so I can require my templates. And at, at the like time I ship it out to, and this is in my app, at the time I ship my stuff out to the browser, I don't need to use uh, the template cache at all. Uh, and so I don't need to worry about whether or not the these templates are actually uh, available to me. Um, but many people are not doing that, um, and so they need to asynchronously get their template. So instead of specifying the input's template, you specify the input's template URL, and then Angular formally has to go get that. And so um, just from that one thing alone, you introduce uh, asynchronicity, asynchronicity into the link function where Angular formally is uh, generating this template to in stick into the DOM. Um, also, the wrappers uh, are the same way. You can specify a template URL, so that needs to be asynchronous. And the, the template manipulators can actually also be asynchronous. Um, and so part, that's part of the, the performance problem, is uh, you're wrapped up in all of these different, uh, different promises. And uh, so the initial compile time is, uh, can be a little bit slow. Um, so that. So why haven't you written everything in React yet? Um, actually, there there is a React formally. So if you're interested, <laughs> that, that's why the org name is formally JS, not Angular formally, because uh, React formally is a thing. And I, I actually started that one, and then Grant Helton has uh, picked it up. So we kind of swapped places. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so that that's kind of that that's one side of the the problem. I actually implemented a uh, synchronous mode. Um, just to see if that would speed things up. And so I said, if, if it's synchronous mode, just run all these things synchronously. Nothing's, prom like, you can't return a promise or anything. It, did, it actually didn't change performance very much or even noticeably, so, which I thought was really odd. Um, and um, Patrick actually has helped me work through this, and, and I, like, there's something weird, um, but I can't really quite figure out um, what the performance problems are. So that's kind of looming over my head is that initial uh, compile time performance um, on, on big forms. Small forms, you can't even, like, you can't tell. But uh, on huge forms with lots of complexity, um, the initial compile time uh, takes a second. Then after, after it's all been compiled, then the form is faster than if you made it by hand in a sane way because um, we're only adding the watchers that you absolutely need. Um, so. Yeah, that's just been a huge challenge. And I, I implore anyone out there in the world um, who is into performance to please help me 
uh, figure out uh, what we can do to speed up Angular forming because um, there are a lot of projects using Angular forming now, and I'd love to be able to speed every one of them up. We actually have a uh, question from the audience. Uh, we have an audience member here today. Mike, Mike, Mike. How's it going? So, Ken, I hear all this talk about all these forms and different types and blah, blah, blah. They're all cool. Where can I get some forms that actually look good and have some nice styling? And, oh, they also need to work. This, this new idea I'm playing with, virtual reality. Is it going to work in my Oculus Rift? Oh. oh. Um, 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 I don't know. You're giving some people There are types of There we go. Thank you. Yeah, there are types uh, or type libraries. So, like I said, the uh, um, Angular Formly doesn't ship with any predefined types. It doesn't know what an input looks like. You have to tell it yourself. Um, but lots of people don't really like um, care to fine-tune uh, what things look like. And so we have uh, five, I think, libraries um, that, uh, that define these types for you. And you just include them in your project, and boom, everything works. And so um, the example website mostly uses Bootstrap because I think that's like a huge uh, majority of the users of Angular formally are Bootstrap. Um, and so you'll, you'll find that uh, the, the website is full of examples that use the Bootstrap library. But there's also uh, an Ionic uh, template library that Mike over here has uh, created um, and, and is maintaining. And it's super awesome. And I, I believe that, Mike, that is virtual reality ready, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> Almost there. Um, and then testing needed. <laughs> we're we're at we're working on foundation templates, and we've got I think there, there's a still vanilla JS or, or vanilla HTML templates, um, and I, I know I'm oh and um, Angular Material templates are in, in progress, as well as Lumix, which is a, a different implementation of Material Design. So there are these different template libraries that you can use and, and pop them into your project, and and they should just work. So um, yeah. But I, I should mention, I in my project, all of my templates are self, like uh, I, I made myself. I think that it's, uh, I recommend to everybody that they uh, make your own custom templates because um, you're the one who's, who's closest to the design of what you want them to look like. Um, but the Bootstrap templates are really good um, if you're using Bootstrap and, and uh, you don't really care as much. You just want to spit out a form. Cool. Yeah, so, um, that's that's really interesting because uh, more more on the uh, formally JS part, like we're starting to see a trend of libraries and, and frameworks moving towards more of a, a universal approach, where you have uh, just JavaScript, and then you just have like a, a wrapper around it to to run on like you can even say like a like a different framework for like Bootstrap or, or Foundation and everything and um, that's pretty cool. Um, do you think uh, you're going to be moving more in that direction um, in order to decouple uh, formally even more and start doing a lot more integrations? Yeah, so 
one thing that I really admire is uh, Jason Debris made a library called JS Data that I totally love. Um, but it wasn't originally JS Data. It was originally Angular Data, and that's when I started using it. And uh, uh, Matt Zabriskie and I were talking, and, and um, we suggested to him, hey, like, you should probably see if you could pull out Angular, and, and uh, like, how hard would that be? And he'd already been thinking about it, I think. Um, and so in like uh, a night or two, because he's just a monster coder, he pulled out Angular, and it totally worked. And so now tons of people can benefit from JS Data, and then it just has an adapter for Angular. Um, super, super cool. So that's something that I'd love to be able to do with Angular Formly, uh, especially since we have React Formly. I'd love to be able to share as much logic as possible. So if for some crazy reason you wanted to go to React, uh, you wouldn't have to convert your uh, your fields and your stuff. You just take the same configuration, move it over. Um, and on top of that, even uh, even better or more likely use cases, if you wanted to upgrade to Angular 2, having some sort of core library uh, would um, make that a lot easier as well. So yeah, that's definitely something I'd like to do. That would take a, a whole lot of work. Um, and I don't know if I have time to do that. But if anybody wants to try it out as a thought experiment, that'd be pretty cool. I could, I could definitely help with that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. So I think we're almost out of time. Uh, do we have any uh, questions and answers from the Hangout slash Twitter? Looks like we do have two uh, questions in Twitter. We want for you can okay, for, uh, ask the question and answer the question. These are actually both. Uh, from people who are uh, using Angular formally, and I talk with them regularly. So the first one is uh, Benjamin Orozco. I think I said your name right. I'm sorry. Um, but he said, in the future, it will be possible uh, to reuse the same form configuration for both Angular 2 formally and React formally. Um, that would be cool. Uh, that um, that kind of goes back with what I, I talked about um, with extracting as much uh, as possible outside of the core Angular formula library and just make a formal JS library. Um, and actually, I should mention that uh, somebody brought a bunch. There, there are more libraries that do what Angular formally does. Um, that is, like, take a JSON configuration object and spit out a form. There, um, there are several popular ones. Angular formally is probably the most popular. But somebody brought us all together um, and said, hey, we're all working on the same stuff. Why don't we work together? And the result of that conversation was a um, a library called forms.js. Um, and I don't think there's been any development on that for quite some time. So that kind of fizzled out. Um, but that's kind of what I see React or, or Angular formally being is uh, pulling out as much as possible into a vanilla JS solution that you can use with whatever and then making an Angular 2 version and uh, that just like hooks into the different pieces and a React version and an Angular 1 version and a Ember version and a Web Components version and whatever, Polymer version. So um, in the future, that might be possible. Um, whether or not that actually happens uh, is up to you. Um, <laughs> or, or if you can convince me um, to, to take the time. But it, it really takes a lot of time, so we'll see. Um, so then Erwin uh, Dotton asks the question, nice question. I ask myself the same. Um, so he was actually responding <laughs> to to Benjamin. So, yeah, that's it for our uh, Twitter questions. All right, it's pick time. Let's start with Patrick JS. What are your picks, buddy? All right, so um, 
I have a so there's this new feature that's coming out in Angular 2 that I really really like, and that's um, that's ng content and reprojection. Um, basically, it's a it's a great performance boost um, for Angular 2, and that's basically like a, a content. What's it's a little I don't know if I want to get into it, but essentially, you're able to uh, specify your templates in, in the DOM, and you're able to say. Um, project this one. You look at this one and look at this one, um, and that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, it's it's uh, it's going to take a little bit to explain though, but I shouldn't get into it. But my other pick is uh, Universal JavaScript, and we're starting to see the trend. Everyone moving more towards it. Uh, libraries, frameworks. Everyone's uh, moving to more of like this is just JavaScript, and then um, you have your your own like adapters for everything else, and that's that's going to be pretty awesome. Yay, Jeff, hit me. What do you got? So my first pick is Patrick JS. Uh, the guy, the guy's never met. <laughs> the guy's never met a project he he doesn't like. Uh, in fact, uh, this week I think he's signed up for like three more, uh, three or four more projects. There's a um, Dan Abramoff uh, wanted somebody to do an Angular integration to Redux, and of course Patrick jumped in. I think he signed up for one during this show, so uh, he's awesome. Second one is uh, sleep. Sleep is great. Uh, wish I had more of it. Uh, and that's it for me. And Kent. Um, so I, I saw something really hilarious today. Um, Emoji Translate. Uh, I'll, I'll put a link in the, in the notes of the show, but uh, it's hilarious. So basically, um, you type in, like, just words, whatever, and um, it will change your words to emoji. So, like, if you type OMG, um, it does, like, the freaked out face, and if you type house, it does a house, and fire, it does a fire, whatever, um, and donuts and stuff. Uh, it's hilarious. So, yeah, check out Emoji Translate. All right, and uh, since I'm the host, I will go last, and my pick is a book that I've been reading called Exploring ES6 by Axel Rauschmeier, and it is just a really good uh, write-up on, on ES6. I really actually like his style. It's very comprehensive, uh, thorough, and it has a lot of really good examples. So I've been going through it kind of in pieces, and it's he's just an excellent writer, um, really knows his stuff, and... I cannot recommend it enough. And on that note, I'm going to use this opportunity to get to our announcements once more. So remember, tune in for the next show, Angular and Moduloading with Guy Bedford, creator of JSPM. It's going to be super awesome, July 21st. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Google Plus at Angular Air. And if you have any questions posthumous of this episode go ahead and just shoot that out as well and um, we'll make sure that uh, Kent answers those in the middle of the night when he's doing nothing yeah it'll alert me no, just kidding yes <laughs> so many questions then spread throughout the night is what I recommend <laughs> and uh, so this has been Luke C. Dodds I have nothing more to add to this episode it is perfect just the way it is and thank you for your time um, I'm going to add a couple of things. Whoa, really. whoa, 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 whoa. Oh. You can't improve <laughs> upon perfection there, Kent. I'm so sorry. I totally, like, ruined your outro. Um, oh.
mic dropped from you, and then I picked it back up. Uh, but I, I wanted to, if anybody's interested to get into Angular formally, um, I have worked tirelessly on, uh, on making it really easy to get started so that you don't have to ask me questions. Um, not that I mind answering your questions. I love answering questions, but we're all busy, um, and I think that you'd be more benefited if you could find answers easily. So um, first off, angular-formally.com is the official website, and it is the example. Um, it's full of examples. So uh, like I said, like 50 or more examples of how to use Angular Formally and different uh, things that you can do with it and, and different integrations with other libraries and stuff. Um, there's also the documentation website, um, and so that's docs.angularformally.com, um, and that is pretty like very well documented. Um, there's also the uh, mailing list, so if you go to mailing-list.angular-formally.com, um, there's Gitter chat, so chat.angular-formally.com, um, and if you have if you need help using Angular Formally. Uh, then just go to help.angular-formally.com and uh, it will take you to a JS bin with instructions on the best way that you can uh, get help. Um, and then also, uh, like, obviously I've got a bunch of these subdomain uh, shortcut links, but you can find them all uh, on the official GitHub page at uh, github.com slash formally.js, sorry, formally-js slash angular-formally. Um, and there's a, a bunch of uh, links. And um, oh, one other one that I should note is learn.angular-formally.com um, will take you to the um, docs page about learn how you learn Angular formally. Um, there's a bunch of egghead lessons, and, um, and it points to other resources for you to learn Angular formally. So yeah, thought I should just mention that before we close out so people know where to go. That felt like the disclaimer to a pharmaceutical commercial. <laughs> yeah. Like, formally it's awesome. By the way, may call, cause bowel movement dysfunction, <laughs> care, and so on. So, uh, basically. You know, <laughs> we just got to get the, the disclaimer out there. So, thank you, Kent, yeah. for uh, dropping that knowledge bomb on us. Yeah. All right. Are well, we thank done you. Now? Like, do I need to drop the mic again? Yeah, you can drop it again. <laughs> All right. You guys have been fantastic. See you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys.